0: welcome listeners but take heed we will say whatever we need to share our knowledge thoughts and joy and even things that do annoy so join us now but be aware we have a tendency to swear we'll dial it back a little bit but frankly we don't give a shit welcome to for Fox sake a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast I'm Ellen refreshed from my spring break hopefully
1: and my co-host is Katie. I need a spring break. Or just any break. Fuck, I'll take a sprain at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm just counting the days down until June. I'm counting the days down until my child's 18th birthday. So
0: (laughs) you got longer than me.
1: I do. So in the meantime, let's just go ahead and fly into the Phoenix Flashback. Last week we covered the first half of Chapter 31, OWLs, and the absolutely no corresponding film scenes. It's good to know that even though they have magic, standardized testing is still a pain in the ass no matter where you are. For a ministry official, Griselda Marchbanks is a sassy-ass bitch. Oddly enough, it turns out the best study guide for Harry was meddling. Huh despite draco's theory about it being who you know, it turns out it's actually more about who knows you. hermione's got tests to take and she doesn't have time for your frivolity, bitches. ron might have been better off in the divination exam had he not completely insulted his instructor. and harry produces a patronus for a bonus, but his crystal balls were empty. womp womp. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Episode title. (laughs)
0: That's twice now. Yep. During episode 174, Big Bubble Burster, our Potter pondering was, do you think the movie should have included more details about the OWL exams?
2: Hi, Ellen and Katie. This is Ashley with this week's Potter pondering. Do I think that they should have included more in the movies about the OWLs and... I mean, yes, obviously, they could have, but they don't know how to make movies. They overmitted so many things already. It's literally just a kerfuffle of key plot points and a conclusion. Obviously, they could mention this because it mentions the, oh, what is it? The Quidditch? I think I probably said that like three weeks in a row now. It's sad. This is the movie of the montage. They could have made a cute little montage about the OWLs. The fucking flamingos, care of magical creatures, Patronuses, fucking Ron accidentally on purpose roasting the divination examiner. Wouldn't that have been a cute montage? But no, they don't know how to make movies.
3: Hey, this is David with this week's Potter Ponderosa. Oh, wait. No, that's not right. Ponder something. Uh, Yeah, I can understand why the movie, as the movies usually do, cut out things that don't really progress the storyline because, you know, it had already kind of been established at this point. But I do miss the focusing on the owls and showing more of that kind of stuff, the exams, because it also shows while the characters have already been developed, it kind of shows each of them how they deal with the stress of the exams and the foresight and all that kind of stuff. I like to see the difference between how Harry and Ron and Hermione and other people, you know, study for, prepare, and react to, you know, how they did the performance on the test. And also things like, you know, it really shows the character like McGonagall because even though she's anti the little pink bitch as much as everybody else, she cares about Integrity. And I really like that she's like, you know, even though it counts towards performance and showing how the there is handling the school, she's like, but don't let that deter you from doing a good job, you know, because it really not only her bad assiness, but just that she's a woman of character and she cares about doing the right thing regardless. So, yeah, I can see how it's a detriment to not have them in there. But I understand from the movie standpoint, you really could not add it to the plot. And for sake of time, cut it all off.
4: So, toodles. Hi, this is Jessica calling in my Potter pondering about whatever I think the OWL exam should have been included with more information in the movies. Sorry if this is kind of rambling. I didn't write it down this week. Yes, I would have loved to see all of the practical exams for so many of the classes that we don't get to see in the movie, especially the Defense Against the Dark Arts and the look on uh, Umbridge's face. Harry performs all the magical spells that he's been teaching, and all the students have learned all of it, that she didn't teach them, or is in that dumb book that she's teaching them from, that they do so well on the practicals and just show her up. And yeah, like maybe it makes her look good, but it also makes Harry feel that part. And I love it. And also that teacher that asks Harry to perform the Patronus because he's like, whoa, you can make a corporeal Patronus? That's crazy. Like, I would have loved to have seen that. And just like all of the other classes, like, uh, yeah, they should have included it way more because they leave out so much of the magic of what the school actually is. And I wish we got to see a lot more of the classes. And Ron reading the crystal ballroom, just describing that guy's face. The, oh my God, I laugh out loud every single time I read that or hear about it, it is just so funny. And I really wish that we could have seen that on screen because it would have just been so funny. And yeah. I really wish we got to see more. <laughs> so, yes, it should be more included.
1: So, that's what I got to say. Bye. Thank you so much for your responses. Our trivia question last week was, who had actually been putting the Nifflers in Umbridge's office? It was actually Lee Jordan. What? Ah, who feels pretty bad about it when he realizes that Hagrid was getting blamed? I mean, that's fair. That is very fair. That definitely was not his intention.
0: No, not at all. Congratulations goes to Megan Slater. Woohoo! This is her third win in a row. Nice. But Mike was seconds behind her and Kalista not too long after that.
1: The competition is getting fierce. Shit is going down, y'all. Will she be able to keep up her streak? We shall see for now let's dive into the second half of chapter 31 OWLs and the sort of corresponding film scenes that also kind of correspond to an earlier section too so yeah yay chapter 31 OWLs part 2
0: the practical astronomy exam is 11 p.m wednesday night and they have a perfect night for it They're asked to fill out a star chart for the exam, and during it, Harry sees six figures walking across the lawn to Hagrid's hut. He thinks he recognizes the walk of the squattest figure who is leading the group. He tries to focus on the exam, but is distracted as the group reaches the hut and can't help but to watch them. They go in, and Harry can see shapes through the window. Again, trying to focus, he hears a roar from the cabin that distracts several other people from their exams, too. They try to turn back to their work, but then with a bang, Hagrid's front door bursts open, and they can see the half-giant surrounded by six people who are all trying to stun him. Exam completely forgotten, every student is now watching the event unfold. The stunning spells bounce off Hagrid as Dollish yells at him to be reasonable. Hagrid roars back that they won't take him like this. Feng tries to help Hagrid, but somebody stuns the poor dog, causing Hagrid to angrily throw the stunner ten feet, and he does not get back up. Professor Tofty keeps trying to get them to focus on the exam, but it's to no avail, as just then, Professor McGonagall leaves the castle and sprints towards the fight. She shouts at the attackers to leave Hagrid alone, and halfway between the cabin and the castle, she's hit with several stunning spells. For a moment she simply looks luminous, glowing an eerie red, but then she's lifted right off her feet and lands hard on her back. When she doesn't move, Professor Tofty reacts with outrage, also completely forgetting the exam as Hagrid calls the attackers all cowards, lashing at and knocking out two of them with one swipe each. He doubles over, and Harry is worried that he's finally been overcome, but he stands back up holding Fang. Only Umbridge and one more are left, the latter not wanting to get anywhere near Hagrid, backing away so fast he trips over one of his unconscious colleagues and falls over. Hagrid turns to run, and Umbridge misses him with one last stunner before he's gone. The scene then jumps back to the tower top where Professor Tofty tries to get them back to focusing on their exam for the last bit of time. When the exam ends, the students are all talking loudly about what had just happened. Hermione calls Umbridge evil for trying to sneak up on Hagrid and says that his giant blood is likely what caused the spells to bounce off when Ron comments on it. She also expresses concern for Professor McGonagall since she took four stunners straight to the chest and isn't exactly young. Ernie pompously calls it all dreadful, then announces that he's off to bed. Ron says that at least they didn't take Hagrid to Azkaban and assumes he's probably gone to join Dumbledore, but Hermione says that she had expected Dumbledore to be back soon, but now Hagrid is gone too. Upon returning to the common room, the trio find Seamus and Dean already telling everyone what they had just witnessed. Angelina asks why fire Hagrid now when he's been doing so much better, and Hermione tells them that Umbridge hates part-humans. Katie Bell mentions that Umbridge thought he was doing the Nifflers, which prompts Lee Jordan to admit that it was him. Dean reckons that he'd have been sacked anyway because he was too close to Dumbledore. Lavender hopes that McGonagall is all right, and Colin Creevy says he saw them carrying her up to the castle and that she did not look well. The common room does not clear for hours, and when Harry does finally go to bed, he has trouble sleeping even then. Their last exam, History of Magic, takes place the next afternoon at 2. Harry is exhausted and is having a very hard time with the exam, remembering very little of the first few questions. The room is quite hot, and he finds himself getting very distracted. In the middle of trying to think through one of the questions, Harry suddenly finds himself walking along the cool, dark corridor to the Department of Mysteries. The door opened. He passes through more rooms and doors until he reaches the cathedral-sized room full of shelves and glass spheres and finds himself looking down at a black shape, moving on the floor like a wounded animal. Voldemort's voice comes from his mouth telling the shape to take it down. The figure shifts a little and Harry uses Crucio, laughing as it writhes on the ground. The shape raises its face and it's Sirius who whispers that he will have to kill him. Harry responds that he will in the end but that Sirius will get it for him first and that he has not felt pain yet. Somebody screams and as he falls sideways off a hot desk, Harry wakes up yelling as the Great Hall erupts all around him.
1: The corresponding movie section picks up right after Fred and George declare that their futures lie outside the world of academic achievement, starting on a sign requesting silence as the fifth years are taking the Theory of Charms OWL exam. The camera cuts to four long rows of individual desks in the Great Hall, where the students are seated with their papers and quills. Hermione is frantically writing, and in the seat behind hers, Ron is taking a deep breath. Behind Ron, Harry is looking up from his work, deadpan, staring at Professor Umbridge, who is standing at the front of the room looking very smug in her pink tweed dress, with the large pendulum swinging behind her. The camera then cuts back and forth between her and Harry, before a noise causes him to look over his shoulder and the other students pause writing and look back too. Umbridge looks concerned and begins to walk down the aisle of desks towards the sound as it is heard again. She picks up her pace as the noise continues, reaching the large double doors and opening them just in time for a little sparkler to sizzle towards her face. It dances in front of her nose for a few moments, then shoots past her into the great hall, where it splits into several pieces that all explode into fireworks. Umbridge cautiously steps further into the corridor to investigate the source of the fireworks and is stunned as Fred and George fly over her head into the Great Hall, cheering. They release more fireworks above the students who join in their cheering as exam papers go flying into the air. Umbridge watches in horror as her once orderly room has devolved into complete chaos. Fred and George fly past one another and exchange high fives as fireworks of all sizes explode throughout the hall and chase Slytherins around. One nearly burns Goyle on the nose before targeting Crab, and narrowly missing Malfoy in the face as he ducks out of the way, and it instead collides with the wall, leaving a fiery imprint of his scared face behind. Filch hurries into the Great Hall and stops next to Umbridge as Harry watches their displeasure with glee. The twins then hesitate in the air, and one gives a thumbs up as he says, Ready when you are! The other twin hovers on his broom and holds up a large firework, which he tosses into the air before flying away. Several different explosions of light and color culminate into a huge dragon-shaped one that targets Umbridge and chases her straight through the doors. Unable to get away, it clamps its large fiery fangs over her and erupts into a massive explosion that shatters all of the educational decrees in the entrance hall. A soot-covered, disheveled Umbridge is left standing in the middle of the smoky, debris-filled hall as glass rains down and shredded decrees flutter around, before the remnants of the frames all drop as well. Fred and George fly past Umbridge as she screams in fury, and stands useless as the fifth years run past her, cheering after the twins. They release a few more fireworks as they fly away, and the rest of the students gather underneath them and clap and cheer. Professor Flitwick looks around at all the chaos, cheering students and the large sparkling W up in the sky, before giving his own victory gesture. The camera then focuses on Harry as everything around him seems to slow down and the noise starts to fade out. Hermione turns around to look at him just as he falls to the ground and begins to see something that isn't happening at Hogwarts. It shifts to show a much cooler-toned scene where Sirius is standing among the dusty glass orbs that Harry has been seeing in his dreams. Voldemort's voice is heard telling him that he needs that prophecy. The scene then switches back and forth between the warmer tones on Harry's face as he sees his godfather insist that Voldemort will have to kill him first, and the cooler-toned version as the Dark Lord tells Sirius that he will, but that he will fetch it for him first. Voldemort then casts Crucio on Sirius, and Harry experiences flashes of the shelves, the row number, the orbs, and the black-tiled corridor where Lucius Malfoy met with the minister. Hermione kneels down by Harry as he pants out Sirius's name.
0: So like we said, this movie section kind of corresponds with a
1: previous chapter. Mm-hmm. But even then it's not the same. Correspond is such a heavy word for what it did. A very really. loose term. Yes.
0: And then the only thing that actually corresponded was, like, the very last couple of sentences.
1: Yeah. I mean. Correspond is such a loose term. <laughs> <laughs> it's downright slutty. That's how loose it is.
0: Womp womp. Womp womp.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: Yeah. Like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awkward. Yeah. I love that movie, though. (laughs) Goddamn.
0: But anyway, correspond, loose term. Yep. Facts. Mostly it's because we barely got any details about
1: the exams, which we've talked about previously. Yeah. And don't forget, it's also because the movie hates us and doesn't want us to be happy. But that's secondary, I guess.
0: I mean, I feel like that's actually more the catalyst (laughs) for why we didn't get the movie scenes. Okay, yeah. The second half of the chapter, which is really more like the back third of the chapter, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't split quite evenly because of the way it doesn't correspond or line up or whatever. Like at all. Yeah, it's weird. It was a weird chapter. But it just continues on with the montage of the exams that they had to go through and they had already done the written exam for astronomy. So we picked this up with the practical because mm-hmm. they had to do it at 11 p.m. Wednesday night when they actually had nighttime to look up at the stars. I was
1: going to say, you kind of need the stars to do an astronomy exam. So it yeah. makes sense. And yeah. they
0: were literally filling out a star chart. So yeah, they needed the stars. Luckily, they had a nice clear night for it to see the stars. Could you imagine? If you're like, we have to take our
1: astronomy exam and it's fucking cloudy. I feel like there must be a way that they could. I mean, if forens can make a starry sky and shit on a ceiling and Dumbledore can do it. I mean, you would think that like, hey,
0: Expelliarmus Cumulus. (laughs) I
1: don't know. (laughs) But at the same time, too, if it's that easy, then why not just do it in the middle of the day in a closed off classroom? Put him in Ferenc's
0: classroom and have him do it in there.
1: Yeah. I don't know. You know what? This Maybe is... they just wanted it to be authentic. This is why we don't control curriculum right? at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. I'm not sure anybody actually controls it, if we're well, being honest. <laughs> there's that. I mean, as far as standardized testing goes, though, theoretically, the ministry controls that. And and we know how good the ministry is at yeah. controlling things. They're, so... they're super good at it. Yeah,
0: definitely a skill set there. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, they're filling out this star chart and I'm not even sure how long they actually are into doing it. Maybe they're nearly finished when this happens, Mm -hmm. but it does seem like a bad time to do this. Like you'd think that they would have realized these kids were taking their astronomy exam and were like in a position to witness it. Yeah. But again,
1: you know, not good at controlling things. Well, and that's government for you. Like one branch of government does not Talk to the other branches of government. So, I but mean, like literally any other night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't I didn't say it was a good idea. I'm just... It almost makes me feel like she wanted the witnesses still. You know what? That's probably more true than we realize. Yeah. That's actually probably hitting the nail on the head because she probably wanted the outrage. She wanted all of the, you know... Who can I provoke Yeah. to kick out two? And the fact that Hagrid is who he is... And has that, you know, half giant strength, it was probably going to be him making a scene, and then she could be like, Look at the There are witnesses to justify that he
0: reacted poorly to being
1: fucking attacked at eleven thirty at night or whatever it was. But you know, I think that was probably her trying to pit the students against him as well, because then they're looking at it like, Oh my god, he's going crazy and completely forgetting that they have logical thought processes. Do they though? More logical than hers. Well, there's that. But they can look at that and see, like, oh, wait, that's fucked up. And he's within his rights to be going apeshit. And it was super fucked up. Anyway, Mm -hmm. the thing that was super fucked up. So Harry's
0: looking out the window up at the sky. And naturally, his meddling tendencies causes him to look down towards the ground. Sure. As he notices six figures walking across the lawn in the direction of Hagrid's cabin. They're being led by a very squat figure who... Has a very recognizable walk. So, hmm, wonder who that might be. Gee. She may as well just be going him him with every step. Right. (laughs) Harry's initial reaction is to just go back to his exam, which surprises me. Mm -hmm. I would have thought he would have been immediately like, what are they doing? And that's all he looked at. But he tries to finish his exam. He's trying to be responsible. And he can't because now they've reached the hut. Right? They've gone in. Mm -hmm. Harry can see the outlines of their shapes through the windows and it's just like what are they doing but exam yeah that little bit of focus that he possibly had left is just out the window because there's a loud roar coming from the cabin and then a bang as Hagrid's front door bursts open And he comes running out, surrounded by these six people that are trying to stun him. And he knows that it's stunned because they're all red flashes of light. Mm -hmm. At this point, the noise and lights and everything has just gotten everybody to be like, what exam?
1: The fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: They're all watching this out the window. And you've got Professor Tofty trying to get them to focus on the exam. But it's completely pointless because they are not about to look away. This is a fucking train wreck. Yeah. And they're watching stunning spells bounce right off of Hagrid. Dawlish is yelling at him to be reasonable, and Hagrid's just like, You won't take me like this!
1: <laughs> you won't take me alive, coppers! Right?
0: <laughs> and then, to make it even worse, Fang's trying to help out because he's a good boy.
1: Fang is a good boy.
0: He's a good boy! He's a he good boy. And gets stunned. Who stuns a dog?
1: Do I have to remind you who's there? That's true. Okay, fair enough. Okay.
0: On the plus side, the stunner of the dog, which we don't know by name, then gets thrown ten feet in the air by Hagrid. And he does not get back up from that.
1: Reasonably so.
0: I really hope there are some broken bones. Because they can heal those really quickly, but he deserves the pain. Yeah.
1: For stunning the good boy. You don't do that to a good boy. You don't do that to a good boy. No, you don't do that to the best boy. The best boy. Fang is the best boy. Poor thing.
0: <sighs> so, ten feet. Goes mm-hmm. flying. Serves him right. Bet. Bet. At this point, Professor McGonagall joins the mix. Mm-hmm. She is just sprinting towards everything that's going on, yelling at them to leave Hagrid alone. Because this is completely inappropriate. They just attacked him for no reason. Yeah. It's not like they said, hey, Hagrid, we're letting you go. Pack yeah. your bags. Goodbye. They literally busted into his home
1: and started trying to stun him. Yeah. He probably would have left completely peacefully. That's what I'm saying. He is not the type to just fly off the rails like this. No, he's not. On something like that. There had to have been... Put you in a situation where you get attacked by a dragon? Sure. Fly off the rails and attack you himself? That is a provoking thing. That is very much a provoking thing. So it had to be, like, literally them just going in and being like, All right, buddy, you're out of here. We're going to fuck you actually up. They probably trying to arrest him. Well, and remember how he reacted when he got sent to Azkaban and Chamber of Secrets as well, too. He was not going to go back. No. Nope. He was not happy. That was not happening again. And getting fired from a job when you're
0: actually doing pretty well at it, like, you can't arrest somebody for being half-giant. Yeah. He did not do anything illegal to get arrested for. Exactly. So they were just 100% completely out of line. And McGonagall... Is like, no, you can't fucking do this. I'm gonna be a witness to this. Unfortunately, that then led to her getting stunned. Four different people stunned her at
1: one time. You don't stun the best little pud pud. You don't stun the best pud pud. <laughs> the fuck?
0: The fuck, indeed. Four
1: stunners, two of the
0: chest. And she's not exactly young, and as she's we learn later. Young. Well, yeah. we know that, but. As it specifically said, yes. Later.
1: As the note is mentioned later,
0: yes. And it creates this kind of moment mm-hmm. where the four stunners hit her, and it's like time freezes, and she's just illuminated with this eerie red glowing light. Mm-hmm. And then it like picks back up, and she just flies into the air and lands on her back, and is just done. Like she does not move from that point.
1: Yeah. And then it's just a serious what the fuck. That's absolutely a what the fuck! And it's not even like she was coming at them hard or anything. It's not like she was, she wasn't trying to attack them first. Yeah. She just said, "Leave them alone." Yeah, she was literally just, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a witness. Hey, I'm gonna be a witness to this. You're not gonna do this. This is not okay. No, stop th- it. This is not okay. Fuck off.
0: Stun, 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 stun."
1: Stun, 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 stun. <laughs> stun, 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 stun. <laughs>
0: You're stunned. You're, You're stunned.
4: stunned. You're, You're
0: stunned. stunned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in. Oh my god! <laughs> so sorry, keepers. You have to listen to like five minutes of us laughing
2: hysterically
1: because Katie can't get her shit together. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was. At least we have fun with this, right? I'm crying. <laughs> now that's just gonna be in my head too. I'm gonna be driving, and I'm just gonna be like, stun, 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 stun. stun, stun, stun. You're, you're stunned. Stun. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Anywho oh good times good times
1: okay well for the three of you that are left listening (laughs) anyway this
0: stunning moment actually has professor tofty completely forgetting about the exam himself
1: understandably now he's just like what the fuck yeah that is unacceptable
0: <laughs> it's just unfair like that's not yeah there's no sportsmanship in that in any way shape or form no and hagrid's down there calling them all cowards because they literally just attacked her i'm sure she had her wand out but she wasn't attacking them like that's yeah. basically just attacking yeah an unarmed woman yeah. she may not have had her wand out i don't remember off the top of my head because my brain is but even absolutely if she fried.
1: did, that does not give them cause to throw four goddamn stunners at her chest. No. That's shoot to kill type not even of shit. One. Not even one. No. She
0: did not deserve to be stunned. No. Now, granted, had they not stunned her, she probably would have taken out all six of them herself. Well, five, because one of them's knocked out cold, but... She'd have taken him out again.
1: She'd have and hit him so what? hard he it totally revived deserved him. deserved it because he hurt the good boy. Don't hurt the best boy. Best boy. Yeah, no, her stunner would have brought him back and then knocked him back <laughs> out just... Yeah. With its power. <laughs> yeah. And at this point,
0: Hagrid is so pissed at them.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. McGonagall has always had his back, too. Well, yeah. So he's so pissed at them for being the cowards that they were that he just takes out two of them with one swipe. Hell yeah. Just out, out, bam, down. So now the only ones that are still with it mm-hmm. are Umbridge and one other person who's like rapidly backing away <laughs> from Hagrid so quickly he just trips over another one of his colleagues and is down.
1: I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And haha. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Umbridge actually does try to hit Hagrid again with another stunning spell because that's been working so well this whole time. Right. But it misses him and he just picks up Fang and runs off. He's just gone, probably through the woods. Yeah. Who knows which way he went. Mike pointed out something for me because he helped me with the summary, mm-hmm. which shout out, Mike. Thank you for that. It was super helpful. You're the best boy. He's yes, the best you boy. are. Nobody should stun you. Oh, he's
1: the best boy. Anyway, anyway <laughs> what is wrong with us today? There's so much.
0: He wanted to know if she would have tried vada kadavra if the students hadn't been there, if she knew they were there paying attention. Yeah. Like, would it have reached a point where she would have used
1: an illegal curse on him? I mean, it's an interesting thought. It is a very interesting thought. And you know what? I wouldn't put it past her. I don't think I could put it past her. No. I try to think how I would have reacted if that had happened. And I can't say I would have been surprised.
0: I can't say I would have been surprised. I think she may have gone for Crucio before. Yes. Avada Kedavra?
1: For sure. I don't actually think she would go right for the AK, but yeah.
0: She definitely would not have hesitated to use Crucio if necessary, as no. we learn
1: later in the book. No.
0: We then focus back on what's going on up in the tower and everybody who's witnessed this. And Professor Tofty's just like, you got a few minutes left? Maybe finish the exam (laughs) because
1: anybody's going to be able to do that. That didn't completely ruin any type of focus that anyone had ever in their life. Sure.
0: Doesn't even acknowledge the fact that McGonagall is just lying there on the ground. Mm-hmm. And they all just witnessed this. Like, this is not a... This is maybe let's pause the test yeah. and pick it up tomorrow night or something.
1: Like, I think it was just him trying to keep some semblance something, of control. I don't know. That's all I can figure. And really, what else was he supposed to do? True. In that situation? I mean, yeah, all this stuff is going down, but he's still in charge of these kids. Yeah. So, he did the best he
0: could. He did the best. (laughs) He's a
2: good boy. God damn it.
0: (laughs) We are nuts today. But sure enough, the exam ends because it's on a time limit. Yeah. Eventually, they all must. Yes. And everybody's just talking loudly about what they just witnessed because Mm
1: -hmm. you don't not talk about that. No. One does not simply not talk about that bullshit. Right. Hermione straight up calls Pepto-Bitchmall
0: evil because she is. Yeah. That's a nice word. Yeah. She can't believe that she sneaked up on Hagrid in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like. Barged in. What the fuck, man? Yeah. And Ron comments on how well Hagrid did and wondered why the spells were just bouncing off of him. And Hermione figures that it was probably just because of his giant's blood. Oh, Yeah. Makes him somewhat impenetrable by normal magic because he's bigger, slightly more powerful. Thicker skin. Regardless, yeah, good for him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He did do well. Also a good boy. Also a good boy. Anyway, she's also really concerned about Professor McGonagall, which is completely understandable because as we said, four stunners straight to the chest when she's not exactly young is not a good thing. No, not at all. Ernie just does his very pompous, dreadful, dreadful.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And I'm sure that he had participated in the conversation more to this, but felt the need to announce that he's going off to bed and says, night all. <laughs> like, that's
1: it? She's still lying there. Dreadful, dreadful. So pompous, Ernie. He's one of those people who has to announce that he's leaving Facebook. Right. <laughs> this is not an airport. <laughs> right. <laughs> dreadful, dreadful. man mm. well, I'm, I'm off, off to bed. bed. Night all. Yeah. Mm. Ernie's such a twat. Anyway. <laughs> Ron
0: continues the conversation, saying at least they didn't take Haggard to Azkaban. And he figures, probably rightfully, that he's going to go join up with Dumbledore because he specifically said if he's gone, he can help out with the order. Yeah. And like we said, they probably did want to take him to Azkaban, but what for? Mm hmm. What would the charges be? I can't they even They literally didn't do anything illegal unless they found out about Grop, but even that's not illegal. That's not illegal. And also. They would just take Grop. You'd think. You would think. Who knows? Hermione doesn't really take any relief out of this because she's just kind of of the mindset of, I thought Dumbledore would be back by now, but we've just lost Hagrid too. Yeah. Like shit is changing. McGonagall's down. Yeah. It's just a fucking mess. And then they make their way back to the common room where everybody is already talking about it because Seamus and Dean went straight there and told everyone what they witnessed. Mm Mm-hmm. Angelina wants to know why they're firing Hagrid now because he's been doing so much better, like we said. Yeah. And Hermione points out that pepto Bitchmaul hates half-breeds. I mean, common knowledge. Right. So that's got to be a huge part of it. But again, being a half-breed is not illegal. It is not an Azkaban
1: punishable offense. No, not at all.
0: And Katie Bell is the one who points out that Pepto-Bitchmall thought he was the one putting the Nifflers in her office. Mm -hmm. So that's apparently just common knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> and Lee Jordan's just like, oh man, that was me. Which was our trivia question. <laughs> yes, she sure was.
1: I mean, again, that's still not an Azkaban level offense. I'm not even
0: sure that's a fireable offense.
1: Right. Even if he was putting the nifflers in there.
0: Fucking server, right? Exactly. Because she's a bad girl. She's a bad girl. No worst girl. The worst. <laughs> the worst. Exactly. Dean figures that Hagrid was probably going to get sacked anyway, simply because he was so close to Dumbledore, mm-hmm. or is so close to Dumbledore. Yeah. We're still in present tense at this point. Yes, <laughs> And then Lavender brings up McGonagall and says she hopes she's okay. Colin says he saw them carrying her up to the castle and she did not look good. I don't know how good you're supposed to look having been stunned. Forced on her to the chest, man. Like She looked
1: super unconscious. Yeah, <laughs> right? Maybe they were hoping she'd look like she was sleeping peacefully?
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But despite the fact that it's after midnight when they get back from this exam, it's hours still before the common room clears out and they all finally go to bed. And despite how late it is, Harry still can't sleep. Though I do find that quite understandable.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot to be upset about. He does have a lot to be upset about. So there's that. It'll fuck with anyone's sleep. And then...
0: The next day, it looks like they have the morning off, mm-hmm. but they have to take the history of magic exam in the afternoon at two. And I imagine there is no practical for that one because it's all just boring reading.
1: It's history. Yeah. yeah it's names and dates and yeah, all that shit. Naturally, Harry
0: is absolutely exhausted. Yeah, they probably give him the morning off since they were up late for the other exam. Yeah. But with everything that happened and not getting enough sleep and stressful times of exams in general and having a lot to be upset about. Yeah. He's so tired and he's trying to take this exam and he can't remember anything and the room is really hot
1: and he's just getting super distracted. And I mean, history is hard to remember to begin with. Right. So it's just not going well. No. And I'll tell you what, that's not how it's going in the movie at all. Not even close. No. <laughs> I cannot believe that they
0: left out Every single aspect of Hagrid being fired. They did. I can't believe,
1: like, that would give us some fucking action. Right? That would have been a badass scene to watch. Right? Honestly, there's no reason to cut that out. Especially because Hagrid just said, I'll likely be getting to any day now. And And it's not even like they filmed it and decided to not include it. They just left it out. They just left. They were like, nah, fuck that. We don't want (sighs) to. We don't want to. You know what we are going to do? nothing that was in the goddamn book that's what we're gonna do here's what we're gonna give you we're
0: gonna give you something that kind of alludes to something that happened in the (laughs) book but it isn't gonna be the same at all either
1: although you will enjoy this scene i will give you that much you will enjoy it however it's not how it happened in the book it rarely is (laughs) as the movies go on this becomes more and more true Mm -hmm. the corresponding movie section again loose term there you go It picks up right after Fred and George declare that they are no longer giving any fucks about pissing Molly off because they are about to get the fuck out. It's fair. It's happening. It starts with a large sign stating that testing for charms is in progress, so everyone needs to shut the fuck up. And do they shut the fuck up? At first. We'll see. (laughs) We see the great hall rearranged again, so that there are four rows of desks going from one end of the room to the other, and they're all like spread out. It's not like when they were in detention and it was like a cloister. no. This is definitely a testing situation. Yes, Hermione is Hermioneing, you know, right and crazy. Ron is Ronning. I was also thinking about saying that Ron is Katie-ing because <laughs> Ron is legitimately me in this moment. <laughs> well, I think it's more that you are Ron. There's that. And it's that Katie runs. Katie does run. Katie runs hard. But she doesn't run hard. No. <laughs> no, that's dumb. I don't like that. But I do run pretty hard, so. Yeah. So Hermione's mm. Hermioneing. Hermione's Ron, Hermione-ing. Is Ron is running. Ron is running. Harry is likely failing the fuck out of this test because he's too busy staring down Pepto bitch maul. Who is at the front of the room bitch mauling? What else can she do? Uh, right? And then that's when... My friend, shit just straight up hits the fan.
0: Oh yeah, there is no shutting the fuck up
1: now. No. <laughs> no. It's cute that it was ever thought in anybody's mind after we see what happens. And
0: we talked about this a little bit in the book section. hmm How Fred and George specifically would not cause any disruption while they were studying for the exams. So I don't believe for a moment yeah. that they would have actually interrupted an exam. Exactly. But that is what they decided to do in the movie.
1: Exactly. I mean, say what you want about standardized testing and say what you want about how Fred and George feel about it. They know better. Yeah. These tests determine your future. Right. They're not going to fuck with that. No, they're not. And they even said as much in the books.
0: Exactly. But in the movie, they were just like, fuck it all. Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) You know what would be funny? We're going to do a thing. And let me tell you, the thing that they do, very funny. Oh, it's great super inappropriate though there's and that as well very much not fred and george it's also not how it happened in the book no not at all so we hear like some noises some kerfuffling going on and harry looks behind him everyone else looks behind him. they're like the fuck what's going on and bitch Maul takes her happy ass to the doors oh she's walking to the doors like there is a stick up her ass which there very and, well might
0: be i mean
1: probably several maybe it does a whole not tree look like a comfortable walk no like I said, it might be a whole tree. Might be. Know. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to branch out. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so she goes to the doors, opens them up, and she's like looking around. And all of a sudden this little sparkler just...
2: Cute
1: little sparkler. Yeah, cute little sparkler. And it boops her on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> and zooms past her and goes into the great hall and just explodes into fireworks. Yeah. Like... Okay, it's that about was as chaotic as it could get. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is right after that, it's silent again for a second, and you're just like, "The fuck was that?" Right. That was random, weird. But then y'all, the chaos ensues. All of a sudden, there are Exponentially fireworks. expands. <laughs> yeah, there are fireworks everywhere. They're in going in all which directions. Umbridge is like, "Holy shit!" Losing her mind in a way it's the same as the astronomy exam getting interrupted with all that kerfuffle yes and then this one getting interrupted with all this kerfuffle but But... that
0: kerfuffle was caused by the people we don't like and this kerfuffle was caused by the people we do like exactly
1: and i I would have rather
0: had the other kerfuffle i didn't say i like it i just wanted to keep saying kerfuffle i
1: want us to stop saying kerfuffle
0: (laughs) now well what bothers me about this is it kind of combines the previous fireworks scene with the swamp scene Mm -hmm. and as much fun as this is the chaos is just like this explosion of explosions yeah it's still also not how it happened in the book no i wanted to see the fireworks spell out bad words right and i wanted to see the mic drop moment of fred and george declaring to the whole school that they were done they were leaving they weren't going to get punished mm-hmm. and calling for their brooms
1: as opposed to them flying in on their brooms Already and just adding them. to the chaos yeah it was fun oh it was definitely fun but it didn't give you that like fuck this popsicle stand we're out y'all all right. no it was just kind of they literally flew into the Great Hall, and I don't know if it was their brooms causing the papers
0: to fly up, or if the kids were throwing them up. You or couldn't what? tell; it was so fucking chaotic. Yeah, but exams were going everywhere.
1: Yeah, and again, as we just discussed, that's not something Fred and George would do. No, it's not. They're mischief makers. They're not going to fuck with someone's future.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cruel. And they're yeah. not cruel. They maybe can be a little mean sometimes. Yeah. But it's like in the spirited big brother sense. It's
1: in good fun. Yeah. But this was not. I mean, it was in good fun for them, sure. But like... I don't think the kid's taking the exams minded in that moment. No, but sure as shit the next day when they find out they got to redo the whole thing or worse... That they all just That they all just fucking fail? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was not I didn't like that part. However, from there, I appreciated seeing the fireworks chase around the Slytherin. Yes. And,
1: and the one like almost hits Malfoy and Malfoy ducks, but they're still like the imprint of I'm Malfoy's face in the face. face.
0: <laughs> it was really fun. I did enjoy seeing it. I just don't like how they timed it. I don't like the way they set it up. It just yeah. wasn't what I was expecting. I agree. And I would have absolutely loved, they could have still done what they're about to do with the big ass firework that kind of looked like a carrot. Did you think it looked like a carrot?
1: I didn't think about it, but sure.
0: Because they're like up on their brooms holding this carrot of a firework and the one's just like, I don't know which one it was. Probably George. 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 Fuck. One of them. Yeah. So, says, are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Ready when you are, whatever it is. Yeah. And then they set off this big firework, and I have zero issue with this being included. Yeah. I just didn't want it to be during the exam. The timing. Yeah. Was the issue. I definitely. didn't like that. I do love what it did to Pepto Bitch I loved.
1: Oh my god! So it becomes this big giant firework dragon, and it chases Pepto Bitch Mall right down the middle aisle of the Great Hall, and literally fucking eats her. I mean, she was running as fast as those little legs could carry her. <laughs> And just did not stand a chance against the firework dragon. Right. Just right over top of her. She was a goddamn corgi running from a puma. That's what it was, man. It was great. It really was great. (laughs) As much as I did not
0: like the timing of this and how they did it, I do feel like I'm a
1: better person
0: for having seen this part of the scene. For sure.
1: Yes, I agree. And the best part about it that I loved, I think my favorite part was the fact that after it chomped down on her, it shoots off in all these directions and starts destroying the fucking educational decrees. Every
0: single one of them. Cause then you have the like the glass. The, the rain th- of glass oh, and my the God. fluttering bits and pieces of decrees.
1: And then they all just literally just topple the fuck yeah. down. Oh, it was it was
0: beautiful. Yeah. Insult to injury. Yeah. Just the frames. The crusted out burnt frames just shattering to the ground. It was it was a beautiful
1: moment. It really—it was such a beautiful moment. And actually, after this, there is a deleted scene, very short, of Umbridge standing in the doorway, smoking, sooty. Yes, her hair <laughs> she's is. She's literally smoking, <laughs> but not a cigarette. <laughs> yes, she's literally got smoke coming from her hair. She looks like a candle. She does. <laughs> she does. And Filch comes up, and he's got this look on his face that is really. Impressive, I have to say, David Bradley nailed the holy fuck face because it was great. Well,
0: he's the one who has to clean all
1: that up. Exactly. Yeah. But he comes up next to Umbridge and he looks at her and he like purses his lips and just gives this very subtle just just blows. I'm pretty sure he's wanted to blow her for a while. Well, (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure they've been working up to it the entire year, although she didn't seem very happy with it. Well, you know, nobody's happy with a subpar blowjob. Just saying. So he actually does it twice. It's pretty yeah, funny. And great. the second time, she just she's like, "No, don't Stop touch me. It. Leave it alone. Yeah, just throw Not hand okay. Up. <laughs> just fuck off." And the
0: best part too is all of the kids had just run past her oh my God. and just stampede as she just stands there smoking like. Yeah. So there's all this
1: cheering going on, too. It's just... She does not look like she, she has any so fucking clue what to do. Defeated. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. I do love it. Again, timing, not good. Not my favorite. But the outcome, thumbs up. Yeah. Fine especially holiday fun.
0: another part that I did love that was just like the cherry on top of this smoking cake mm-hmm. was... When Professor Flitwick is standing amidst all of the kids and he just sort of looks around cautiously and then does his own, like, yes, victory gesture. (laughs) He's
1: like, Is anyone looking? Is anyone looking? looking? Fuck yeah! Oh, awesome! And it's just amazing. I'm almost curious if Flitwick was able to notice charms that he has taught to Fred and George that caused some of these fireworks. And the swamp in the book and shit like that. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if he's kind of going, that's my boys. Like, because they are very talented. They are. They really are. You know, so Flitwick had to be kind of proud. And this is so nice, too,
0: because Flitwick got several moments in the book Mm -hmm. where he was just like shoving it in her face and it was glorious. Yeah. So at least we got this much. It was just a
1: nice little chef's kiss to the scene. Exactly. Exactly. It didn't make up for everything that we've lost, but you know what? It was a nice It makes me happy that it was included. For sure.
0: As mentioned, though, so different from how the book had it. Mm -hmm. Because where we are in the book, Harry is taking the history of magic exam. It's all very quiet, but also kind of hot. He's tired. There is no chaos. Yeah. He just is overwhelmed He's got a lot to be upset about. He's sleep deprived. Yeah. The room's too warm. He's stressing out. And all of a sudden, he goes from taking this exam to walking through the Department of Mysteries. Like you do. (laughs) And it's just like his dreams are, typically, where every time he has his dream he gets a little bit further and this time he makes it through all the rooms and the doors are open and he gets into that cathedral-sized room that has all of the shelves with those glass spheres that at this point we still don't know what they are in the book the movie kind of made it a little bit more obvious i think but in the
1: book we don't know what's going on yeah exactly at this point we have guesses we have no way of really knowing right But the biggest difference in this dream is that
0: there's someone or something kind of crawling on the floor, moving around like it's a wounded animal. Mm -hmm. And Harry approaches said wounded animal and in Voldemort's voice tells this writhing shape that he's going to get it for him. He's going to take it down. And it's serious. This is the shape on the ground. He looks up at him and says, you're going to have to kill me. Harry, as Voldemort, says, oh, I will in the end, Mm -hmm. but you're going to get it for me first.
1: Yeah. And he gives him the, you haven't
0: felt pain yet. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to do this, I said so, type moment.
1: Which Snape did tell us that Voldy loves to fucking torture someone until they're literally begging for death. Yeah. And that's what's going on. He's like, yeah, I'm going to kill you, but you're going to do this first.
0: Like, maybe don't do the villain thing and tell the whole plot before, right but whatever sure that's All what I'm right. saying. You know, i saying stereotypical mentioned. but he does crucio mm-hmm. i imagine serious screams in the dream but then it just says somebody screamed yeah and then with a yell harry falls out of his desk and wakes up screaming himself sure And naturally, this causes everybody else in the Great Hall to be like, what the fuck is going on?
1: Yeah, really. Like, we get that you're stressed, dude, but fuck. And that is actually where the book chapter ends. Yeah. And here we reach the actual corresponding part of the film scene. So, fun. Yay. It's still a loose term. (laughs) (laughs) Very much so, yes. Like we said, it is similar in the movie, though also still very fucking different. <laughs> In the midst of all the hullabaloo of the fireworks and whatnot, and Fred and George's fuck off arenas. Yes. I a like,
0: kerfuffle, if you will. A kerfuffle,
1: yes. We switch to super slow mo when Harry gets a sudden wave of vertigo, it looks like, and he just kind of goes ass over apple cart right to the ground. Hermione looks back at him just before we get a peek into a brand new fever dream! woo And what's interesting about this is, even though
0: he's been having these dreams throughout, Mm -hmm. he's not asleep here. No. He's wide awake. This is blatantly different from not only how the book had it, but for how the movie did
1: it the whole fucking time, too. Yes. Exactly. This was more vision than dream. Yeah. For a movie. Which, guys... Fuck off. But anyway. So we're whooshed back to the Department of Mysteries where Harry's dog father is surrounded by balls. It's there. Like you do. Yeah. Sounds like a successful Saturday night. Am I right? I would hope so. Am I right? I'm just saying. Okay. Especially for a dog. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't have all
0: the balls, it's pretty rough. Oh my God. For fuck's sake, Ellen. You can't hear it in the recording, but I'm giving a very large grin to Katie right now. (laughs) Oh no, they can hear
1: it. They can hear it. I know that they can. Unfortunately, we next hear Voldy talking about needing the prophecy. So that doesn't bode well. And he
0: does actually call it a prophecy. Yeah. Like it's just balls to the wall. No pun intended. (laughs) Blatantly telling us what no pun totally intended. But he's blatantly telling (laughs) us what those glass spheres are. Yeah. And we're just knowing them as glass spheres at this point and they still think it's all weapon like yeah
1: whatever the fuck that was supposed to
0: like sure thing man yeah
1: so we go back and forth between Harry's face and the ballroom as we hear Sirius tell Voldy to just fuck off because he ain't giving him shit so you're gonna have to kill me because fuck off did I mention that yet because fuck off and Voldy dances around him <laughs> he does a little twirl he really does it's kind of dramatic Ugh. Oh, I love it But he dances around him and he's like, oh, bet, I'm gonna. Uh, Yeah, it's happening. Just not yet. I'm gonna kill the shit out of you. Which, again, not really the best way to get someone to do what you want. Like, I'm gonna kill you either way, so do what I want because you're gonna die no matter what. Like, that doesn't...
0: That guy. No, it's really kind of weird. I will say that despite them doing this wrong and making it a waking vision Mm -hmm. as opposed to a dream vision... I did like how they went back and forth from the really warm scenes being lit up by the fireworks to the very cool, dramatic scenes.
1: It was a very. It was it, visually stunning. It was almost aesthetically pleasing, too. Yeah. Like it was just. It was really
0: nice and it showed the difference going back and forth really simply. I liked it. Yeah. But I was very annoyed that Sirius was more cocky than he was wounded animal. Yeah, at that point, yeah. And it's still enough to caused the concern in Harry. Sure. But it was much more desperate of a situation in the book.
1: Yeah. He was too calm. Yeah. He was too, you're going to have to kill me first. Which, I don't know about you, but that's not the crazy Gary Oldman I know. No. No. P.S. It was just his birthday. So happy birthday, crazy Gary Oldman. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. But yeah, he's just too chill about it.
0: Yeah. It's like we came into the start of the torturing in the movie. Yeah, Whereas in the book, he was wounded.
1: Mm-hmm. Like Harry
0: thought his dog father was literally about to get murdered. Yeah. In that exact moment. Yeah. Not in the future after he grabs this thing for him. Like he right? thought it was getting to the end.
1: It just all seemed like... Sirius and Voldemort just casually strolled into the room full of balls together. They were having
0: some tea and gone to a
1: disagreement over who was going to pick up the prophecy. Right? It was just very odd. I don't know. I didn't like it. So at this point, the torture does start. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, we start with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Voldy crucios the fuck out of Sirius as we get kind of flashes of important but not really important info because... The only thing we got was the row 97. And even then, that was such a flash. You had to know what you were looking at and for.
2: Yeah.
0: And with everything else going on, I can't imagine that that was going to make Harry go, okay, he's in row 97. Yeah. And showing it that way, I don't know. It was just... Yeah.
1: Like I said, important information, but it really wasn't.
0: But it was also
1: weird. Yeah. And then we threw in more flashes now of the black tiled hallway where Nazi Von Douchebag the First and Corny Fudge were whispering before his hearing all like super sneaky. Yeah and, and I don't know what that had to do with the vision at all. That didn't have shit to do aside from the fact that it was in the same area. Because it wasn't
0: happening at that moment so it completely fucked up the fact that this was supposed to be Harry seeing what was happening right then. Yeah. But then it also included something that had previously happened. Like it was weird. It didn't make I any didn't like sense. I didn't like it.
1: The only thing I can think of is that they included that part so that you knew that's where Harry was,
0: I guess. But even but it then, wasn't, it, they didn't get it. No, it didn't work for me. No, not at all. It's a no from me. It's-
1: <laughs> Very much so. But luckily, at this point, we join back with everyone not in Harry's head, as Hermione checks on him, and he can only just kind of gasp out his dog father. Serious? Yeah. He's like serious. Yeah. And that's all we got. Yeah, that's where we're cutting it. Because the very
0: next thing that happens falls into the next chapter. Exactly. Although also not the same. Yay. Very
1: loose. Very loose. Very loose indeed.
0: The fun thing is, despite having a longer than normal film section, mm-hmm. we've already seen all of the actors. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So there's nobody new to talk yeah.
1: about. It's been fun, though. Yeah. You know, good times. Hey, yay. 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 So that brings us to our Potter Pondering this week, which is, what do you think about Harry just randomly having the vision about Sirius's capture as opposed to dreaming about it?
0: I also think we can add on here the comment that Mike made about whether or not you think Pepto Maul would have Avada Kedavra Hagrid if given the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I'd so, like to hear some thoughts. Two-Parter, what are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Find the post on our Facebook page and share your thoughts or... Call us at 216-526-6792 and leave your responses a voicemail. Make sure you start off telling us your name and then go into your answer. Don't forget you can also stitch your response on
1: TikTok. We really look forward to reading, hearing, and seeing them. We
0: actually do have a sorting hat story this week. <gasps> Yay! Woo! From Alex Gualtieri. She writes, Dear friends, My name is Alex, and I've recently accepted that I'm a Slytherin, despite always thinking I belonged in Ravenclaw. Woohoo! I consider this great self-awareness on my part. Hashtag growth. (laughs) I'm not sure about my wand, but my Patronus is a raven. Funny side note, my husband swears his Patronus would be a bulldog, and I really love the mental image of a snuffling, snorting, chubby, stubby dog chasing away a Dementor. My dad tells a story of me coming to him when I was probably about 12 and very seriously telling him, I need to go to Hogwarts. That is bolded, italicized, and underlined. I have to share with you all. Girl needed it. She needs to go to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. She also says that he thinks it's such a funny, cute anecdote, which it is. But I vividly remember this period of my life as almost being unhealthily obsessed with Harry Potter. I wanted this world to be real so badly and as a child, it was hard to cope with the fact that I wasn't a witch. Whether I was playing in my room, the forest, at the beach, or anywhere, I was imagining I was in Harry Potter's world. Fortunately, my obsession with Harry Potter is at a healthier level now. Still, like so many others that write in, I find Harry Potter to be a great comfort to me. Not feeling well? Watch Harry Potter. Stormy weather? Listen to Harry Potter. Feeling depressed? Read Harry Potter. Hungover? You guessed it, Harry Potter. (laughs) My husband playfully joked, you know there are other movies, right? To which I snarled, it comforts me. (laughs) I had been told for years to listen to podcasts, but could never find one that sparked my fancy. I read a suggestion on a Reddit Harry Potter about this podcast, and I figured I would give it a try. I was instantly hooked. I find myself smiling all the time while listening and frequently laughing out loud. I love the puns, Katie's consistent "woohoo, woohoo," and the episode title announcements while you're holding back laughter. (laughs) Your humor is my humor, and I find you guys fucking hilarious. Like, where have you been all my life? Not only have I enjoyed the commentary immensely, but I've also loved getting to know Ellen, Katie, and the Potter pondering regulars. Jackson's deep laugh Ashley's hilarious rants Quincy's silky voice Mike's very passionate tirades remember Mike's tirades I miss Mike's tirades I know I need him to call in more at least keep commenting on the posts when I start making them again (laughs) anyway she says I feel like you all are my friends and I so look forward to hearing your voices each week Not only that, but you're constantly giving me new things to consider with regards to Harry Potter, which at this point I thought was impossible. The Sorting Hat stories almost always make me tear up. I feel such a kinship to each of you. Like many others, I've struggled with reconciling my love for the series with JK's rhetoric. I loved when you all said, Harry Potter belongs to the fans. You're damn right. Peace and love, Alex.
1: I think that's the best story we've gotten in a very long time.
0: Oh my god, it's so good. It makes me so happy too. Like, there is nothing in this world that is going to make us stop doing this podcast to the end for going some major emergency. Like, we might take a week (laughs) off here or there, but we are committed to the end. Yes. Especially since we're... We're, like, so close but so far away at the We're same so, time. I know. But I know. We're still a couple of years away. Yeah. But. but it gets stressful sometimes. And it's a mm-hmm. lot of work. And I can't even and express. And most of it's on Ellen. It is accurate. <laughs> yes. But I can't even express. Like, the start of her email when she sent this over to us was just acknowledging how much work it is and how appreciated it is. And I literally almost cried i
1: definitely think it was a win that you for sure needed
0: i needed that and i didn't even know how much i needed that till i got it so thank you so much for sending this in alex you are the best and we're really happy to have you join us as a keeper and it makes me super happy that i started posting stuff on reddit because that's how we
1: found you yes hell yes you are awesome and i mean i love you yeah ellen loves you what else do you need you don't have to just feel like we're friends we are your friends now oh we're friends girl We're besties. Let's go hang out. You want to go shopping? Let's do a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And if any of you other keepers out there listening would like us to read your Sorting Hat story on a future episode, you can email it to us at forfoxakepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your house, wand, Patronus, how you got into Harry Potter, and anything else you might want to share with us. Or you can message it to us over social media. This week's trivia question is... What does Ginny suggest she and Luna tell people to get them to avoid the corridor near Umbridge's office? The first one who responds with the correct answer and the code word hashtag ready with a lie, will get a sticker. Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us through iTunes or Facebook. Make sure to email us at forfoxsakepodcast
0: at gmail.com to let us know you did, and we will get back to you to figure out which sticker you want
1: and where to send it. Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fox Sake Pod. Following us on Podbean at foxsakepod.podbean.com will get you the episode as early as possible and give you a leg up in answering the trivia question. You can also go to our website at forfoxsakepodcast.com
0: to check out our For Fox Sake and Harry Potter related merchandise for
1: sale. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, where we post our weekly podcast episodes, cooking show episodes, vlogs, bloopers, and other random videos.
0: If you would like to support us as a patron, you can sign up on patreon.com slash foxsakepod. $2 and up a month will get you some awesome perks like, for Fox Sakes swag, access to patron-only Facebook groups, chats, our Discord channel, virtual
1: hangouts, and more. As always, any support you can give is greatly appreciated. Even if it's just telling your Harry Potter friends about us. And if you don't have any
0: Harry Potter friends, there's another reason to join our Patreon. Because you will meet some of the best Harry Potter people ever. I mean, just the
1: best people ever, really. There's that too. Period. End of sentence. We also want to give a shout out to our newest patron, Jen! Hi Jen, I love you. Oh my god. Jen has been one of my longest harry potter friends i have known her over 20 years i love her <laughs> i'm so excited to have her join us i love her so for much this harry potter group yes oh my goodness thank you so much for becoming a patron i love you so much ellen loves you yeah your support is amazing and to the patrons
0: out there i know i'm not always the best at getting the things sent out that i need to but <laughs> i promise you it's something i'm working on yes as previously mentioned it all falls on me <laughs>
1: unfortunately yes that katie is has true. like
0: seven different plates in the air and i really only have two yeah they're two big plates and there's a lot of shit on them yeah but i can easily get a foot in there where she's got one on her head both hands both feet yeah has and, to keep passing them off to steve right and juggling.
1: <laughs> not to mention i forget that they're there too so there is fall, an adhd thing that happens up, yeah then i forget to pick them up and it's a whole thing trust me you guys this podcast is much better off with Ellen being at the helm because it would never have happened if it was my job. <laughs> and if we ever end up with more patrons and it becomes
0: sustainable, I will hire someone to help me. There you go. Who knows? Become a patron. Help us out. Yay. Yeah. But anyway, those of you who are patrons, thank you for being patient with us. Yes. We love to you. To Jen, welcome, welcome, welcome. We love you too. Yes. And for everyone, KeeperWise, join us next week when we talk about the first half of Chapter 32, Out of the Fire, and the barely corresponding
1: film scenes. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. And in the meantime... Keep calm and Harry on! Oh, for fuck's sake.